When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherokee. Ha! I tricked you. You were waiting for me to say Cherry Dollface. Excuse me. I'm recording a podcast here. <laughs> I was talking to my people. <laughs> you heard me say, aha, and you thought that there was some sort of catastrophe happening in my bedroom. Anyways, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of my podcast. Last week was a kind of a heavy episode and this week will be hopefully less heavy. I think this is a really interesting topic. I very often get people telling me that I was born in the wrong era. I have never actually said that. I always thought it was kind of an odd thing to say and when people used to say it to me I used to take it as a compliment or like a yeah you're right oh yeah the aesthetic is beautiful. But when you examine this statement a little bit more closely, it's kind of problematic. So that is going to be my topic today. Before we get into that topic, I'm very excited. I just want to say a giant congratulations to Kamala Harris. Today is actually election day when I am recording this podcast. And Kamala Harris is the first female Black and Indian South Asian vice president. In the history, there will never be a little girl that wonders what it would be like to see a female or a woman of color in the White House. And it is a momentous occasion. So I think this whole born in the wrong era thing kind of goes with that. And I'm feeling the female empowerment and I'm going to be talking about women's rights. So for my Cherry's Book Club review this week, I'm actually reviewing a book called The Lady Elizabeth by Alison Weir. This is actually fiction. And Alison Weir actually usually writes nonfiction. And she writes a lot of books about the Tudor family. So Henry VIII and Elizabeth I and Queen Mary and that whole sort of dynasty. I don't know if that's considered a dynasty. I'm just saying that because it sounds really fancy. But this book is a historical fiction based on Elizabeth I. And it's a really, really well written historical fiction. Alison Weir knows her stuff. I know a lot about the Tudors. And there is a lot of historical accuracy in this book so if you are interested in history but you don't like the sort of stodgy stuffy non-fiction history books i would one suggest allison weir's non-fiction just because she really knows her stuff but that can get a little dry if you don't want to read non-fiction but you still want to know historical facts i would highly suggest this book and queen elizabeth was a boss ass bitch talk about like the og boss ass bitch she well, maybe died a virgin um, just because she didn't want to marry a man who would rule England and she wanted to rule. I think that's pretty rad. This book is really, really well written. It's very interesting. I mean, her story is just interesting, so you can't really go wrong. But that is Cherry's Book Club Review of the Week. Also, 
for anybody that might be interested in sponsoring a future podcast, I am always open for sponsorships. That would be the ads in the beginning of my podcast. We can also do them in the middle or the end. The end is not a very fortunate position, so maybe just the beginning in the middle. Um, if you have a company or a brand or anything really that you want to advertise to my loyal listeners, I have a lot of awesome babes out there that are just waiting to hear what you have to show them. And my sponsorship rates are really reasonable. So if anybody is interested, just email me. My email is theonlytradeallface at gmail.com. My email is in the show notes below. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about this whole born in the wrong era business. Um, I'm sure anybody that has sort of lived in our little vintage pinup world has started to hear this thing being circulated that is vintage aesthetic, not vintage values. Essentially what that means is we like the way the aesthetic of vintage, what aesthetic means is what things look like. So we like the looks of vintage stuff. So vintage hair and makeup and cars and homes and all of that stuff. But the vintage values, not so much. Things weren't so great for women up until just recent years as far as politically and, um, you know, women's rights. And there we still have a little way to go. We do now have a female vice president, which is awesome. But not only were women's rights not so great back then, but also civil rights. If you were a person of color, if you were a differently abled person, if you were a gay person, if you were, God forbid, a trans person. I mean, I don't know who would have had it worse pre-70s. I mean, even maybe pre-2000s. The world is changing, but it's not changing as quickly as it should be. People always say like, if you could have a time machine, what time would you go back to? And I always say no time because I am a heavily tattooed girl with green hair. I would have been burned at the stake if I had gone back to Tudor times, which is where I would want to go to like see how they live. I would have been a freak in any other time up until maybe the 80s or the 90s. I don't think there's any time I would really go back to if I had a time machine. Maybe if I could like transport myself into the version of me that would have lived back then i don't know i just don't think that the world was a very friendly place for anyone unless you were a white dude for a long long time so that's kind of where the whole you know vintage values comes in and you know all of those other sort of marginalized groups aside just as a woman which is what i can speak to because i am a woman marital rape was legal until like the 80s and you couldn't get a credit card unless your husband signed off on it for a long time. There were so many things that women couldn't do. We have Ruth Bader Ginsburg to thank for a lot of the progress that women made and a lot of the reason why we don't need our husbands to give us permission for certain things. You still, if you want to get your tubes tied as a woman, if you are married, your husband has to go with you. Most doctors require that your husband give his consent however a man can get a vasectomy with no problem and no questions asked so that's just kind of a little taste a little toe tip into the pond of what it was like to be a woman in any other time but now and even now we got a ways to go still i've had kind of both experiences as far as being really traditional and then being really untraditional in a relationship Obviously, I'm the unconventional gal, so I live mostly unconventional, but I was in a relationship for a long time that was very traditional, and he wanted that, like, 
stay-at-home wife and I every time we would have a meal I would fix his plate if we were out somewhere where it was like help yourself I would fix his plate first and then I would fix mine I was I wouldn't say subservient I wasn't quite to that level but I was definitely very like make sure your man is taken care of make sure your man comes home to a nice house be a lady quote I'm doing those annoying air quotes again act like a lady which whatever the hell that means I don't know why I had that mindset. I wasn't raised like that. My mom is not like that at all. I think I just fell for a man that that, those were his values, those vintage values. And so I talked myself into thinking that that's what I wanted because I thought that that's what he wanted and it all made sense. And I I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't even know. I was like in the cult of the cult of housewife. Not that there is anything wrong with being a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home wife if that's what you want to do or want to be. It's just not who I am and I don't know how I kind of got sucked into thinking that it was. And it was funny too because when we would be together around like my family, all the women in my family would be like, what are you doing? And it was, I was almost like embarrassed, but then I, you know, I stood up for myself because I'm a strong woman. Like this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. Like I said, if that is what you want to do and that is where you want to be, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I always say, I oh, I have so many clients that come sit in my chair and I ask them, what do you do for work? And they'll just, they'll go, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, you're not just a stay-at-home mom. That's a freaking hard-ass job. Like, it's a hard, too hard of a job for me to do. That's why I'm not going to be a mom. So there's, you know, there's absolutely no shame in wanting to stay at home or wanting to be the one, you know, the person that takes care of your man or wanting to be the one that takes care of your woman or Whatever it is, if you want to be the nurturer, if you want to be subservient, different strokes for different folks and everybody has got their their thing. It's just I, f- I you know, you know what it is? I just had like an epiphany. I think it was that he was already really old fashioned. He was very conservative, very Republican. A lot of things that I didn't even know about him until kind of after we had been in the relationship. But I was so young and I was so wrapped up in the vintage world. And it was right when I had started modeling and I was starting to get in magazines and I was starting to do interviews. And I think I felt that this pressure that like I had to be this perfect vintage pinup. I had to live it. And especially because I'm so tattooed and I was so tattooed back then, I felt the extra pressure because I didn't want to be no offense to anybody that is one. I didn't want to be a suicide girl. And that was what it was back then is if you were heavily tattooed, you were a suicide girl. And that was it. There was no other option. And I wanted to have my own identity and I wanted to do things different. And, you know, sex work was never my thing. It's just not who I am. And it was always frustrating to be lumped into a whole group of people that I didn't actually identify with. And I wasn't actually that. So I went the whole opposite direction in like, I'm going to be really tattooed and I'm going to look this way, but I'm going to be really traditional with my vintage. Like I did not wear reproduction. I only wore vintage. I only did my hair in vintage styles. I never wore it modern. I had to have this perfect like housewife life. My house was vintage top to bottom. You know, I served my man and I did all these things. And I think it was just that pressure because of figuring out who I was living my life online. I really just had like a breakthrough moment in my life. This is like therapy, self-therapy. I just therapized my own self. (laughs) Who knew this is where I was going to go when I started talking about this? I always have show notes of like talking points. That was definitely not in there, but I think that's exactly what it was. I think I just had so much pressure um, to try to figure out who I was in the vintage world when there wasn't really a role yet. I think back then you were either a tattooed suicide girl or you were a non-tattooed pinup girl and you were really traditional and there was no in between. So I had to kind of 
go a really polar direction to feel like I belonged. How stupid. The stupid shit we do when we are young just to fit in. (laughs) You know, the other thing too that's really funny back then is I had this idea that like I couldn't show my body because my body was for my partner, the person that I was with then. And if I showed it to anybody else, I would be like cheapening the moments that I had with my partner, which is so stupid. And I got over that quickly. He also was very, like I said, conservative. So for the first many years of my modeling, I didn't even wear bathing suits. Like there was no skin, there was no tummy, definitely no lingerie. And then when that relationship ended, it was like, woohoo, like how can, how much naked can I get without showing my nipples or vagina? (laughs) Because it was fun. And I thank God I did because I had a banging body back then and I don't have that body anymore. And now there's proof that I had that body for all the world to see. And there is no shame because it was fun as hell. But it's funny, just that mentality that I had back then. I think the world was a different place as well. And I think that sex work was really taboo. And I think especially because of the suicide girls, it was kind of like that or nothing. I just think I had such different opinions on life and sexuality and modesty. And I was also raised in a really modest household. So not that I was ever ashamed of my body, but I always felt like really bashful about showing my body in any way. So it was just kind of a combination of things. But that goes along with those vintage values. I think you can be a perfectly put together, perfect vintage pinup. Look at Dita Von Tees, and then you can take all your clothes off and bang dudes on the internet for money. Who cares? Like you don't have to fit into the vintage values part of it to still enjoy the vintage aesthetic. Not saying that Dita Von Tees gets naked and bangs dudes. <laughs> I was just like taking it to the extreme. But I'm just saying that Dita Von Tees, she really plays on her sexuality. And she does take things further than I think that they may have taken them in vintage days. And she also like in her show, she has, you know, drag queens and trans people and things that you would not have seen back then unless it was like, you know, some underground vaudeville thing or, you know, in a speakeasy. My whole thing is that I want to be an outspoken, loud, opinionated woman in a vintage dress. And that's the thing is, if you're born in the wrong era, you didn't get that opinion and you didn't get that loud voice and you couldn't be outspoken. So my opinion on the born in the wrong era, when people say to me, I'm born in the wrong era, I always say, no, I'm born in just the right era. Like I can be exactly who I want to be. I can still wear all the things they wore then and have all the decorations in my house the way they had then. But I can also be the human that I want to be on the inside and express that on the outside as well. I don't have to repress any part of myself. I also love mixing vintage with modern. I love mixing my styles. I love, you know, my chunky gold jewelry and my stripey things. I'm actually looking around my room right now. My room is kind of a mess. So I have like clothes around. I love my, you know, my lace up boots and my modern zebra print dress that's flowy and has bell sleeves and my leopard print sports bra. (laughs) I'm literally looking at stuff in my room. But yeah, like I like to be able to mix styles. I, you know, I definitely had a a phase when I was talking about earlier where it was like all vintage all the time and I couldn't get out of that aesthetic. But I think that was more me trying to figure out who I was and less me being who I was. I didn't really know that you could do a mix yet. And I did have a lot of tattoos, so I was always different from the start. I was never like cookie cutter, traditional vintage. I got 
started getting tattooed long before I was into, well, not long before, but pretty well before I was fully into wearing vintage all the time. But one, vintage is expensive. And if you're wearing it every day, you're wearing it out. And wearing out vintage, there's nothing more heartbreaking than wearing out vintage. Because once it's gone, once there's holes in it and it starts to fray and fall apart, it's done and it's gone forever and it's never coming back. RIP to all the vintage I have lost in all the years that I was a stupid vintage snob. I remember being in college and wearing my like high-waisted vintage jeans sitting in class all day they were so uncomfortable one of them had like a snap button in the front and I would pop that sucker open when I was sitting in class so nobody would know how uncomfortable I was and also I you know grew up in Portland it was rainy and wearing circle skirts and flats and no tights like dressing the way they dressed back then it wasn't comfortable and it was cold and Sometimes I just need to wear sweatpants, not Uggs. I do not go as far as Uggs. My sister Shay that is listening can vouch for me. I would never stoop to that low. <laughs> but I just, I love the mix. I love mixing vintage pieces with modern pieces. And, and I also love that, like, I need to just run to the post office. I'm going to go in my Adidas pants and my Sambas and a top knot and I don't need to have like perfectly winged liner and perfectly coiffed hair. I don't feel stressed. If anybody's watched The Marvelous Miss Maisel, first of all, let me tell you, they actually bought vintage pieces from my vintage store online and it was like care of Marvelous Miss Maisel when I addressed it so I know that's where it was going and that made me very excited. But it was all underwear oddly enough and shoes <laughs> so when i watched the last season i was like well i'm never going to see these pieces because they're on their feet and covering their bums but it is still very exciting to know that they bought pieces from me in the first season when she like gets up before he wakes up and she puts all her makeup on and makes herself pretty and then she goes and lays back in bed and pretends like that's just what she looked like the whole time like we don't have to do that and that's amazing that we don't have to do that i do not stress I actually have a volcano of a pimple on my cheek right now. I mean, it's one of those, it feels like there's a baby fist laying in wait under my cheek to just burst out and punch the person standing next to me. And I don't feel pressure to like put makeup on it. I'm just letting it heal its way. And I actually point it out to James and go, hey, look at this giant volcano on my cheek instead of having to be perfect all the time. That's another thing, like not being able to be your, your authentic self. I always wonder back in the day. I mean, not only did so many people get married because they were hiding who they actually were. So, you know, like chicks gay and dudes gay, but they marry each other so that people don't know they're gay. Like they're each other's beards. That happened or trans people that just completely lived completely in the closet and would maybe like put a dress on behind closed doors to feel like their real self. So many of those people were married to people. And I I wonder how many people actually got to be their authentic selves with their partners. Like, okay, the partner knew behind closed doors and they accepted it or the partner just had no idea and didn't know. And that just makes me so sad because everybody deserves authentic love and everybody deserves to be loved for their authentic self. So vintage values. I actually just sniffed because I have allergies, but it felt like a snobby sniff. So I'm going to keep that in there. And I guess that's my point is it's okay if you don't want to live vintage head to toe. I think that's been my point in a few of my podcasts, but I really can't stress it enough. I don't think anybody needs to feel like they have to live a vintage aesthetic or that they have to live a vintage life. Like you can enjoy the vintage aesthetic and not feel like you can't have a TV at home or that you have to have an old tube TV when you want a giant Sony TV that has, you know, smart features or whatever it is. You live your life how you want to live it. 
And also, there is absolutely nothing wrong with people that want to live vintage lives and live vintage head to toe. Just please don't have those vintage values where you're trying to stifle other people living the way that they need to live. We love gay people. We love trans people. We love differently abled people. We love all people of color. We love women. Yay, women, women's rights. So before we get into some stories and some questions, please leave me a review if you would be so kind. I actually got a couple of reviews since the last time I made a podcast and they made my heart so very happy. So if you find it in your heart, the only place I can take written reviews is on Apple or iTunes. Giving me stars is great. I appreciate stars. If you want to leave something written, that is also amazing. If you do leave a written review, please leave your Instagram handle or your Facebook or whatever on there so that if I do giveaways in the future, I can be sure to give you whatever I'm giving away. I think I might actually put a, a giveaway together for my next podcast because my free stuff drawer is getting like my dresser that it's in. The leg is buckling. If that tells you anything, I just did a cathartic 2021 clean out of all the closets. And so it's very intense, the amount of things I have to give away. So definitely follow me on my socials. I'm at the cherry doll face. I always announce my giveaways on my podcast as well. But if you are behind in my podcast, you might not find the giveaway in time don't miss out if you want to contribute also to my future stories or my future questions again follow me on my socials so that you can find out when i'm submitting for them all right neil peckenham says just because i love the aesthetic does not mean i want to be treated as women were at that time i've been told so many times that i was born in the wrong time the truth is that i probably would have been in jail for multiple attacks on some guy who tried to grab my chest ass etc or if it was an earlier time period i would have been burned as a witch i feel for the women that came before me i do not want to live in that world i just want to dress like them and have their furniture <laughs> that's a perfect perfect ending and i could not have said it better myself and i do think that we have to take a minute to thank the women that came before us the women that sacrificed who they were that sacrificed themselves the men that sacrificed living as the women that they were on the inside or the the gay men, you know, the I mean, the humans, really, the people of color, the people, you know, differently able people, all of those people I've mentioned before, I think we need to take a minute to thank those people, the people that blazed the trails, the people that sacrificed living their authentic selves so that we in the future can be here and be who we are. Hell of a lot more than they could back then. All right, Eva McKean says, I also think it's a lot to do with the reclamation of the aesthetic from conformist, I think she meant conformist, conformist to alternative as a subculture to embrace uniqueness and individuality. So basically what she's saying here is the original aesthetic was everybody conforming to look the same, and now that vintage aesthetic is different. So it puts us into subculture. It's used as a tool for empowerment for pinups of all types, including body types, ages, POC, people of color, differing abilities, etc. We still need to, however, catch up in the realm of gender with most pageants still using binary titles. Saying you're born in the wrong era is ignorant to the marginalization that occurred to all types of people considered as other at the time, as well as the intersectional feminist growth we've been working hard to achieve since second wave feminism began in the 50s. So yeah, basically saying we're born in the wrong era, it, it, I agree that it's a insult to the people that had to live through the era that were in marginalized groups that if they had been born now, those people were born in the wrong era, not us. All right, Lizzie Wilkinson says, shit, I love the clothes, but I really love having a bank account more. I agree with you, Lizzie. 
And that goes back to what I was saying, like all the rights that you wouldn't have had as a woman. Like, I think I did say it before that you couldn't have a bank account without your husband signing on it or without your husband's permission. There was basically no way for a woman to be an autonomous human being at all. And if you got married, it got you like a little closer because you got more rights. But if you were a single woman back then, forget about it. And even when you had rights as a married woman, it was like kind of having rights. Like you could have a bank account, but only if your husband signs on it. And also, like I was saying, marital rape was legal. So if your husband wanted to have sex with you and you said no, it was his right to have sex with you. All right. Mia Elliott says this one. I, I really love, love that she left this comment. Okay. <laughs> Building up so much suspense. While I hold modern, quote unquote, values, supporting anti-racist efforts, supporting LGBTQ plus rights, etc. Sometimes I tire of the saying vintage fashion, not vintage values, because not each and every value of past eras is inherently bad or good. It's just not a very clear statement. I understand that the sentiment is to say one rejects being discriminatory despite liking vintage clothing, but the unfortunate truth is that racism and homophobia are still values that are alive and well in modern day. It's a cute little quip, but I've never really been interested in saying it because I feel that the issues we're overcoming as a society still are too much to cover in a tagline. I suppose my main gripe with the saying is that it absolves the now from being problematic, but as we all know, there's still more to do. I cannot agree with that more. I think I actually said that on her comment. Like, I could not have said it better myself. I do think the vintage fashion, not vintage values, or vintage aesthetic, not vintage values, I do think it does a disservice, like she said, because we still have a long way to go as a society. Civil rights is always going to be a fight. There's always going to be a fight for equality. There's always going to be marginalized people. And to say, oh, they had it so wrong then, but we're doing good now is just a disservice to the people that are still fighting for their rights. Good on you, Mia Elliott. I think that you explained that so succinctly and eloquently. And I hope that that gives people a little bit more to chew on when it comes to this topic. I only got two questions. I think more people were sharing sort of their experiences and their opinions on the vintage values versus vintage aesthetic. Honestly, most people just had kind of the, I like wearing this, but I don't want to live as a woman back then. I got a lot of people that were saying, I'm not white. So I've never thought of that as being a, a valid saying. And, you know, I just think that that just speaks to different privileges and the things that we haven't had to think about. Like I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, I used to hear you were born in the wrong era. And I would think like, oh, you're right. It would have been so cool to go back then. And I mean, even as a woman, there were things that I didn't even think about. But man, I, I would never have thought about if I was a person of color or a trans person or some of those marginalized groups that were literally murdered for being who they were. And that's just my privilege as, you know, not walking in the shoes of those other people. That, I mean, that was a lot of the feedback that I got was just, I think unless you're a white man, <laughs> you're in the right era, which I agree with. Okay, so one of two questions. First one is at the Amused Cruise. She says, it's assuming that era was truly wholesome. Is it because we want it to be clean and perfect? And that's exactly it. I think that we idealize. I mean, I think you know, the the phrase the American dream exists for a reason because the 50s are idealized. It was 
everything was clean and modern and there were track homes and all the bushes were perfectly square. You just think of Edward Scissorhands. Just think of that whole intro scene with like the cars all leaving at the same time and all the houses looked the same and different candy colors and the lawns were perfectly manicured and the women looked beautiful and the men would come home from work and they would have the drink waiting for them. But what you know, those movies and those shows don't show is, you know, the domestic violence and the the sexual violence and the sexual harassment that women faced in the workplace and the murdering that happened of people of color and gay people and trans people and and differently abled people and, you know, even wartime, just the discrimination that happened and drug addictions and alcoholism. I think I said alcoholism. Maybe there was a lot of alcoholism. And smoking, oh my God, the smoking, you could smoke on a freaking airplane for God's sake. That's not clean and perfect. That is actually, actually my nightmare. I am claustrophobic and smoking is my like number one detested pet peeve. So being in an airplane with people smoking, even the thought of it makes me gag a little bit. If you could see my face, I'm actually gagging. So that's the thing is, I don't think that that era was truly wholesome. I don't think even people that think that vintage values are great from the like shiny, happy, wholesome perspective or people that say, you know, I don't want to say it, but but I'm going to say it. The whole make America great again thing. Was America that great? Because there were always problems, underlying problems, even if they weren't the the image of America. It was always there. There was always the dark, seedy underbelly of America. Even though that era does have a lot of beautiful aesthetic, I don't think that the wholesome American dream idea means that the people were that wholesome. It's it's not like Leave It to Beaver was real life. I'm sure they cut in between scenes and Beaver was like saying, ah, fuck this. And like, I I don't think anybody is as wholesome as the 50s were portrayed to be. A lot of that comes too from censors. There was a lot of censorship in the 50s and especially with, you know, communism and there was a whole blacklisting in Hollywood of people that stepped out of line. And if you stepped out of line at all, if you, you know, crossed the censors, then you were a communist and you were blacklisted basically, which meant you'll never work in this town again. Or if you were an actress that didn't want to, you know, get on the casting couch with the director or the producer, it was kind of the same thing. So I think Hollywood and TV shows and all that appeared so wholesome because there was no other choice. It was just so heavily, restricted and heavily controlled there was no independent film channel or there was no simpsons (laughs) like think about that i remember when the simpsons came out how like i was the house where my friends would come over and watch the simpsons i think i've said this before because like my parents were less strict and it was like oh my god you get to watch the simpsons imagine that now good lord so no i do not think that era was truly wholesome that was maybe the longest answer i've ever had for any question All right, last one is by sauce at sauce underscore direct. They actually asked a question before. I remember this name. Have you experienced sexist expectations from men because of your vintage style? So here's the thing. I I did have that one unique relationship. And that relationship that I was in where I was very traditional was when I was really first starting to get into vintage. I wasn't really into vintage like as a lifestyle before that. So the boyfriends I had before that, like I was in a punk band and I was a little rough around the edges. But then when I started living this vintage life, it was like, okay, I have to be a lady now. So I can't cuss. Like I remember being like, I don't cuss. I don't say swear words. 
and I would act like all offended, even though two years before that I worked at Guitar Center in a warehouse with eight dudes and we would talk about like Blumpkins and like disgusting things that you probably would get in trouble now for talking about in the workplace. But it was like I pretended like I was this like refined lady and I was so offended at these rough around the edges hooligans of women that were out parading. I don't, I don't know what I thought. Or like spitting. Honestly, I still think spitting is kind of gross. And especially now because of COVID. I've always kind of thought spitting was gross. But it was like, if I was sick, it was like, oh, I, I can't spit. I can't like snort my snot. Heaven forbid, how will I be judged? And now if I'm sick, I've, I'm fully like, <laughs> like, I'll spit. It's fine. Obviously, I'm not trying to spit when I'm sick. But like, I'll spit in the toilet if I've hawked up a loogie because I'm not trying to swallow that disgustingness. I think in that little period when I was very vintage, very much a lady, very vintage values, very in that weird, stupid box. Yes, I do think that I experienced sex sexual expectations. <laughs> I don't think I experienced those. I think I experienced sexist expectations, but I think that I also was putting myself out there to have that expected from me. So I don't necessarily think that it was my ex's fault for expecting that because I feel like I was trying so hard to put myself in that box. After him, I never had a boyfriend or a husband, <laughs> not that I've had many husbands. I never had a relationship again where I felt like I had any of those expectations because after that, I really figured out who I was and how to express myself. And I also, he was the only guy I ever dated that was in the vintage scene. He was the only sort of like rockabilly greaser, car builder kind of guy that I dated. After that, it was all like dudes in band t-shirts really like dudes that had no real identification when it came to subculture. Like we had a lot of musical interests in common, like lots of punk bands and that kind of thing. But I, I think it's different when you're looking at guys in the scene. And I do think that as much as it sucks that there is still a very vintage value idea in men in the rockabilly scene. And there's always exceptions to that but it's just like how people are holding on so hard to the confederate flag being a rockabilly icon i think that same sort of group holds on to we need those vintage values we need to bring you know the atomic family back and women should be in the kitchen and i do think that there that definitely exists in the rockabilly world and i think it's a lot of what brings people to the rockabilly world are those values and so my hope is that people become more open-minded and that changes but just because I haven't experienced it a lot myself, I definitely do think that that exists in the rockabilly world, in the pinup world, in the vintage world, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing. Whew. I said it wasn't going to be a heavy one, but I feel like it got a little heavy. But I feel like, you know what? Life is life and we talk about our things and if it's heavy, it's heavy. And if it's funny, it's funny. I can't be who you want me to be. I just got to be myself. <laughs> vintage aesthetic, not vintage values. We're not going to say that anymore. Maybe we stop saying that. Maybe we just say, don't be an asshole. Because that's what I always say. I think that encompasses so many things in life. Just live your life how you want to live your life. Look how you want to look. Do what you want to do. Just don't hurt anybody. Don't judge other people for what they want to do. Be less of an asshole. Be more open-minded. It doesn't matter. It's really not that important. When we are all dead and gone, our gravestones aren't going to say she had the best pin curls in the West. It's going to say something hopefully more meaningful than that. Maybe that'll be my like in parentheses, my byline. Maybe I'll have a byline on my headstone. 
I don't know. I'm going to have to discuss this with James. He's going to be the one in charge of all of that. All right. Well, that's it. Um, Like I said before, don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. 